Well, good morning, church. How's everybody feeling today? Who's barbecuing today? Who's cooking out tomorrow? Who's cooking the ribs? I need to know which way to drive tomorrow. Ribs right over here. I'm coming to see you. Hey, if I haven't met you yet, my name is Josh Roberts. I'm married to this amazing woman, and we are the lead pastors here at IFC. Hey, and I just want to say to all of our guests, uh, welcome home. If you're, if you're new here, make yourself at home. I'd love to meet you after service. I'm going to be at the front door with my wife. We would love just to shake your hand and say thank you, thank you for coming. Hey, I want to say uh, go Celtics. I waited till later in the first service, and then when I said that, they all came alive, and I'm like, I'm going to do it right at the beginning of this service, just to let everybody know where we stand, and um, hey, I'm grateful that you would take time. This is usually, uh, typically in a church calendar, which you wouldn't know this, but a pastor does. Uh, this is the lowest attended weekend of the year, and I wanted to say thanks for coming. Thanks for being a part of this, but there's a ton of people at the lake and at the beach today, but they're watching us online. Would you let them know we miss them? Hey, welcome home. Thank you for joining us online. Hope you enjoy, enjoy your service today. Hey, I'm going to invite my friend JC. Would you come up real quick? Uh, JC Noah is a missionary out of this house. I am so, I'm so pumped about this man. His wife, Sunday, right here on the front. Uh, I met uh, JC in 1999, and I was living in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I got invited to, to be a part of a team that was going to Cameroon, West Africa. And little did I know uh, that I would meet this amazing man. And then 15 years later, in this house right here, I was preaching on the stage, and he was sitting, I think he was actually sitting over here, and I was so distracted because there's a dude from Cameroon 15 years ago, sitting in the service, and I'm thinking, how in the world did this happen? And after service, I said, are you? And he said, are you? And I said, yes. And he said, yes. And I said, what in the world? And he said, this is my church. This is where I attend. This is my family. And I got to meet him and his family. And uh, today, JC um, travels all over the world, um, preaching the gospel to the uttermost, don't leave. I'm going to walk over here. I, I, I'm, I'm one of those guys that I love people that are willing to do what nobody else is willing to do. I like risk takers. I like pioneers, and I like people who go against the grain. I like people who have um, what I call a passion for souls. And, and when I say a passion for souls, that means I'm willing to do whatever I got to do to reach the lost. And that's what him and his wife and their children have dedicated their life to. Um, as many of you know, he's been working with unengaged people groups in Chad, Africa for the last four, five, six years, five years, and we're seeing tremendous fruit, tremendous fruit. Um, when I say no gospel, zero gospel, zero Christians, and so he's been faithful to lead that project, but he leaves this weekend, uh, this week, he's leaving for Burundi in East Africa, and I just want to send him out. Would you stand with me? Um, I, I consider this a high honor as a missions church, as an international church, Wherever nation you're from, we welcome you here. And, and wherever nation you're going to, we want to send you back. And so this morning, I'm going to ask you to stretch your hands forth. Let's bless, bless my friend, my brother. Lord, we thank you for JC. I thank you for the gifts and callings that you placed on the inside of him before he was even formed in his mother's womb. Father, we're grateful for those gifts and talents because today we're seeing the fruit of your partnership with him, you blessing him with these gifts, you blessing him with this grace, and Lord, his obedience to the call. And so, Lord, this morning, we, we bless him in Jesus' name. We attach our faith to him in Sunday, and we send him 
in faith, knowing you're going to do an amazing work through him. Lord, I, I know this man. He's so humble. He doesn't want any recognition. He, he's going to give you all the glory, give you all the praise, all the credit. But I'm asking you for a, a double dose this week while he's gone. A fresh anointing, a fresh grace for this season of his life and this season of his ministry and specifically for this region of the world. Lord, I ask you to continue to blaze the fire on the inside of him, but Lord, that it would be transferred to these men and women that he's going to be ministering to this weekend. Lord, that same passion that's on the inside of him, Lord, release it to those around him. Lord, I pray they catch the heart of God the Father through JC this week. Lord, we call his steps ordered. We call them blessed. We speak favor over him. Lord, I declare Psalms 512, that your favor goes before him. It follows behind him. It surrounds him like a shield, making way for him. So, Lord, we ask you to give him discernment by the Holy Spirit of every situation and every circumstance that he will face over the next two weeks. Call him blessed in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, say amen. Love you. God bless you. God bless you. Love you. If you don't know JC and you haven't met him or Sunday, I'm going to ask them, would you just go to the hub out in the foyer if you want to bless him on his way out, greet him. Maybe you just want to hear more about the work. Maybe you want to partner with him financially. They're amazing ground, and I love you guys. I'm so proud of you. Everybody take a deep breath. Talking about rescuing people from the mission kilns in, in, in the stand nations that we do this. I don't know how you preach after that, but I'm going to try, okay? Everybody, all right? Everybody say John 14. John 14 is where we're going to start today. I want to read this um, to you out of the, a New Living Translation. If you don't have a Bible, totally cool. We're going to put it up on the screen for you, but I want to start here, and we're in part three of a series called I Am. John 14, 1 says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Turn to your neighbor and say, you ain't got no troubles. Turn to your other neighbor and say, all you need is faith in God. He says, don't let your heart be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. For there is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything's ready, I will come and get you. How many of you know Jesus is coming back? Some of y'all need a revelation. He's coming back for us, uh, and he's coming back for a church that believes this. When everything's ready, I'm going to come and get you so you can be with me always where I am. Verse 4 says, and you know the way I'm going. Crazy Thomas. No, Lord, we don't know where you're going. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I believe he was shaking his head. Shake your head like this. You ever done that to your kids? Like, I can't believe you just said that. This is what he's doing to, to them. He's like, I, I, what do you mean you have no idea? I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. For if you had really known me, you would know who the Father is. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. And in this series, I've been convicted, uh, uh, let me back up, the last few months, been convicted a little bit to preach more about Jesus. I don't know why, but we preach about lots of things, and sometimes we forget about Jesus. We are here gathered together as a body of believers to do one thing, and that is to worship Him, to get to know Him so that we can make Him known, and He has a name. His name is Jesus. And so I, my, my, my endeavor over the next season of my life as your pastor is to preach more about Jesus. 
that you would meet him, that you'd get to know who he is and want to have a relationship with him. So we've been talking about Jesus, but we've been exploring this verse right here in John 14 where he says, I am. He's declaring to his disciples at the Last Supper that I am God. And in this moment, I believe their eyes bug out of their head and they kind of freak it out because they've seen him work miracles. They've watched him care for people that nobody cares about. They've watched him give his, his time and energy and talent to the least. Like It's completely opposite of what the, the religious leaders of their day were doing. It was a contrast by, by, by a huge margin. And now he says in this moment, I am. I am God. He's declaring, I am the Messiah. If you had any question up until this moment, boys, let me just break the ice right here. I'm him. I'm God. I'm the Messiah. I'm the Christ. I'm the son of the living God. And we talked about last week um, him declaring that he was the way. We talk a lot in church about Jesus showed us the way. He didn't show us the way. He is the way. He didn't give us directions. He is the direction. He didn't give us a map. He is the map. And so we talked last week about for those of us that are searching for direction in our life, which we all are, even as your pastor, I'm searching, Lord, what's your direction for me as a husband? What's your direction for me as a father? What's your direction for me as a pastor? And if you're not asking that question, you should be. (laughs) It's a dangerous question to ask, by the way, because he may be going someplace you don't want to go. And he may want to take you to some place that you don't really desire to go, but there's a, there's a mission in place. And, and what's even scarier than asking that question is not asking that question. Because if you're not asking that question, it means you are charting your own course, and it means you're on your own. I'm going to say this to you. Man, I want to do what he's called me to do. And I want to be where he's called me to be. And where he is, that's where I desire to, to abide because that's where provision is. Uh, That's where my peace comes from. That's where my health and healing comes from. That's where my relationships flourish. When you're in the plan of God with the way, guess what? That's exactly what happens. All those things show up. This week I want to talk for 24 minutes about the truth, Jesus being the truth, and then I'll wrap this up next week and I want to talk about the life. Everybody say, get a life. Turn your neighbor and elbow and say, you need to get a life. You need to get a God kind of life. And the truth is, is there's many people that are, they're searching for the life they want. They're choosing the life they desire, and what they're missing out on is the the God life that he's created for you. And I want to tell you this, it's much greater than you could desire. His plan for your life is much bigger and broader and deeper than you could ever plan for yourself. And so that's where we're going to finish. Let me pray for you, and we'll jump right in to today's message. Lord, we thank you for your word. I thank you that it is eternal truth. I thank you that we have this book to guide us because you and your word are the same. Lord, I thank you that as we read the word of God, we discover the will of God for our life. And so, Lord, give us ears to hear your word today. Lord, maybe even scriptures that we've heard before, I pray that we hear them differently today for this moment. Lord, there's those that need to hear from you today. Use me as your son, as your vessel to speak to them. Give me boldness to declare your word as you placed it in my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. If you know me and I I like to talk about um, things I'm interested in, I like to process things verbally. And my wife tells me all the time, she's like, you talk too much. Any other husband's wives tell you that? Say you talk too much? I, I, I don't care. I, I like to talk. I, I think that, that I um, 
talking to other people, I, I learn about them and they get to learn about me. And if you've been at this church for very long, you know that, that I have a few hobbies. I love motorcycles, uh, but I love antiques. And I love uh, what I call mantiques. Everybody say mantiques. You know, I got to tell you, antiques are not just for, for little old white ladies. They're for middle-aged white guys too. And, and I, I, I specialize and I have for 29 years. I've bought and sold and traded and bartered all kinds of mantiques from vehicles to, to, to stuff that guys are into, guitars and albums. And one of the things that I've been really obsessed with over the last 10 years is building a library. Anybody like to read? And you, you, you enjoy reading. I, I'm, I've become uh, pretty much obsessed over the last 15, maybe even a little bit longer than that, years. And part of that is I'm building a collection of books. And, and I want to have at some point in a, in a home, I'd love to have a huge library. And so my, my search for books has gone from Amazon to uh, thrift stores. I'll be honest with you, I, I like finding uh, stuff in thrift stores that, that somebody didn't find any value in, and then I freak out. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I just found that. You ever found something cool like at a yard sale, and it spoke to you, and you're like, how could they be selling this? Don't they know what this is worth? And a lot of times, it's not even monetary value. It's memories of your childhood or, or something that you used to own or your dad owned, and now you see it again, and all of a sudden, you're, you're back, you're eight years old with your dad. That's kind of my life, and, and so I, I, I love buying and selling antiques. In fact, I, I, I'm, I love yard sales. I love yard sales. I've shown up at yard sales that weren't yard sales. I was telling the first service, I was driving along with my buddy doing the yard sale thing. I, I get up early in the morning, I get my coffee, and, and I usually don't take a shower. I, I just put my hat on, grubby clothes, don't want anybody to know who I am, put my sunglasses on, and I just look for the neon signs. Green sign, yard sale this way. I'll drive down there. And, and orange sign over here, yard sale. I go yard sale to yard sale, looking for stuff that I think is valuable. Some of it I keep, some of it I sell. And this one day I pulled up in front of this house, and man, there was stuff everywhere. I mean, there was so much stuff. I got so fired up, threw the car in park, jumped out of the car, I ran over, and I started rummaging through the stuff. And I'm, I picked this thing up that I, I don't remember what I want. I picked it up. I'm like, look at this. My buddy Dustin was with me. I said, Dustin, look at this. And he's saying, look at this over here, and we're just freaking out. I mean, we're having a blast, and this guy opens the front door, and he said, can I help you? I said, yes, how, how much is this? And he said, what are you doing? I said, I want to know how much is that thing? And he said, what is it? I said, I don't know, it's cool. He said, who are you? I said, I just want to buy this thing, and he said, it's not for sale. I said, what do you mean it's not for sale? Look at all this stuff. He said, what are you doing on my property? I said, I'm here for the yard sale. He said, I ain't having a yard sale. Get off my property. I'm drawn to junk that's not even for sale. But that's a true story, by the way. Dustin was scared. He ran to the car. That guy going to shoot us or something. And my, 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 my tenacity to find cool stuff a lot of times not so much anymore, but used to take me to a bunch of thrift stores, and I would find that a lot of people would donate books that they never read. How many of you have been given a book, and later on, you just donate to somebody else? Just be honest. You weren't going to read it anyways. You act like, oh, man, this is amazing. Pfft, never going to read that. And three months later, you take it to Savers or Goodwill. I'm the guy that's going through Savers and Goodwill looking for all the books and collecting a massive library. And this specific day, I found a whole stack of books. I was so pumped. A bunch of books that I had been wanting to buy, they were all there. 
And I got in the car afterwards and I was so excited. I like to add up how much I paid for the books versus how much the books really cost under the cover. Because I was buying the books for like 99 cents and those books were like $19.99 on Amazon. So I was texting my wife, today I bought 30 books for $30, but I got $300 worth of value. She could care less, by the way. She's like, great, cool. Please put them in the garage. Don't bring them in the house. And so I was thumbing through the books and inside this hardback book, I opened it up and inside, you know what I found? Two, not one, two $100 bills. That's what I said. I was like, wow. I mean, I found some cool stuff in my time and, and, and I've, I've dug up some stuff and in something you'll find something else, but I've never found money in a book. And so I'm tripping out, man. I'm like, I can't believe it. I, I'm, I leave them in there for a second. Like, is this real? And then I took a picture of them, sent it to my wife and she was like, this is her first thing. She said, are they real? And isn't that just like your wife to rain on your parade? I'm like, can't you see? I'm stoked. I just found $200. And all you can think of, is they real? And I'll be honest with you, in that moment, I went from this high, high, like, dude, I just became $200 richer to maybe they're not real. I sit in the car, frustrated, and I pulled them out. And I'm like, yes, they're real. It says 100. It says United States of America. It's, yes, I flip it over. I flip them around. And I'm sold these are real dollar bills and then her voice in my back of my head says it might not be real and I'm bummed and I'll be honest with you the carnal side of me so before I was your pastor by the way I thought well what if if they're not real I'll go to the swap meet I'll buy something and I'll just pay for them with a hundred dollar bill and if they're not real that guy will be out his luck and I'll have my stuff And then, oh, before you judge me, then I realized I can't do that. That wouldn't be the right thing. But I'm tormented like, are they real? I don't want to spend them if they're not because I don't want to get busted and go to prison. (laughs) But I want them to be real so bad. And so my wife said, well, just go to the bank. They'll tell you if they're real. I'm like, I really don't want to go to the bank. I just want them to be, you ever have a temper tantrum? I I just want them to be real. Pulled the car into the bank, did the right thing. I walked in and I said, hey, to the lady at the teller, I said, hey, I I found these two $100 bills and I'm curious if you could tell me if they're real. And she said, well, what makes you think they're fake? I said, well, I don't think they're fake. My wife thinks they're fake. (laughs) So I need you to help me prove to her that I'm the luckiest guy that lives today who just found $200 bills in a book that he paid 99 cents for. And she said, well, let me have them. And I reluctantly handed them over because I thought, well, what if they're not real? And so she picked them up and she held them up to the light and she said, well, there's no, there's a strip that's supposed to be in the hundreds, no strip. And she took out the marker and stroked it and she's like, well, that's not good. And the longer she's holding this money, I'm just like, boom, 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 boom. I went from having an amazing morning to I got counterfeit money. And she said, hold on, let me talk to my manager. And she grabbed him and he handled the bills and he was doing some stuff to them and folded one of them up and then pulled it back out. And then the last test, he stuck them with a bunch of other hundreds and they put them in a machine that checks the thickness of the bills. You ever got a big stack of money and they put it through that machine and it spits it out like an ATM? I didn't realize not only is it counting, but it's also checking the thickness. But you didn't know that. You're welcome. And so... She says to me, she said, sir, I, I hate to tell you, she said, but those bills, they're not real. They're, they're fake. And then she, and that's what I said. I was like, oh, man. 
I was like, I'm changing banks. I don't like this bank anymore. And she said, well, then where did you get them? We need to talk to you for a minute. And I thought, hold on. I put my hands up. I said, hey, I didn't do anything wrong. I just, I brought. She said, the bills are fake, sir. And I said, well, that's great. Let me have them back. And she said, no, sir, we cannot give them back to you. These have to be archived. They go into a system till we're going to find out who's making them because maybe there's more of them and how they made them and blah, blah, blah. And I left out the bank like this. Because I thought I had something was real, but it turns out it was counterfeit. I'm wondering if that's how the disciples felt in this moment with Jesus in John 14, when he finally says, hey, I am the dude. <laughs> Y'all been questioning? You've been wondering? You've had a lot of questions? I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. I wonder if they were scratching their head like I was. Is this too good to be true? Is it too good to be? Could, could it be? Is it, is it even possible? And the truth is, is... Since the day that Adam sinned against God, there has been a battle for humanity, but really the battle is for truth. Did you know there's an enemy out there that wants to lie to you? There's an enemy out there that wants to deceive you, trick you, con you, trip you up into believing something that is not true because if he knows if he can keep you from the truth, he can manipulate, in you, manipulate you into his web of lies and schemes that he has planned for you. We talk a lot about God has plans for our lives. Let me tell you this. The devil has a plan for your life as well because he's a liar. Look at this in Genesis chapter 3. It says, Now the serpent was more subtle and crafty than any other living creature of the field which the Lord God had made. And he, Satan, said to the woman, Can it really be that God has said, You shall not eat from every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the fruit of the trees of the garden, except the fruit of the tree which is in the middle of the garden. God has said, you should not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. Listen to this, verse 4. But the serpent lied to the woman and said, you shall not surely die. God said, he said. God said, don't touch it. He said, you can touch it. God said, don't eat it. The serpent, the devil, through the serpent said, you can eat whatever you want. The truth is, is from the outset of humanity, the agenda of the enemy, everybody say the enemy, is to distort what God has spoken to mankind. His main objective is to create a false reality to convince mankind that truth, listen to this, is subjective that you get to decide truth, that you get to choose, that society gets to choose. And right now, we're living in an age right before Christ coming home. The world is telling everybody, you get to decide your truth. You get to live your truth. And I want to tell you this, it's a demonic force from the pit of hell to distract you, to, to confuse you, and to block you from receiving the truth that belongs to you. James 8, 4, I'll prove it to you. He says, you belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He's talking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no, there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. I want to say this to you. Jesus declared himself in this moment. I'm the way. 
I'm the truth and I am the life. And so if he's the truth, then who's the liar? The opposite of God, the devil. The one who tried to stir up commotion in heaven. Do your homework. I I won't go there with you this morning, but do your homework. He was cast down from heaven to earth because of his lying nature. He was telling the other angels what they could do, what they didn't have to do. And he was telling them, he's not absolute truth. You get to decide. So how do we know for us today what's a lie and what is truth? The key is discernment. Everybody say discernment. And discernment's defined as the ability to make a smart judgment about something. You ever met somebody that made a dumb decision? (laughs) And you were like, that was just a dumb choice. You've got bad judgment. You ever been there? Or how about this? You ever made a decision in your life? And after the fact, you realize you were deceived, you were tricked, you were lied to because you didn't have good discernment. You didn't have the ability to judge whether it was fake, whether it was real. You didn't have the ability to judge whether it was a truth or a lie. And I'm going to say this to you as, as bold as I can. In this season of your life, no matter how old or how young you are, right before the coming of the Lord, the Bible says that, that men are going to become obsessed with themselves, deceiving themselves. And the truth is, is they're lying to themselves about who they are based on what somebody else is telling them they are. Do you realize that there's billions of dollars spent to get you to believe who you are? To get you to buy what people want you to buy? To get people to vote the way they want you to vote? And it doesn't really matter which side you're on of the aisle. I don't really care which side you're on. You just need to know that you need to have good discernment in this life right before Christ comes because the enemy is stirring and creating more lies than humanity's ever seen before. And I will say it one more step further. You've got to beware and be careful and have discernment for your families because they're coming after your children. Who is? Who's coming after my kids? Demonic forces from the pit of hell are coming to rob your kids of their true identity and the nature of God. And they're lying to them at the youngest of age to get them to buy into something so that they can control and manipulate them. And I'm going to say that happens on both sides of the aisle. No matter what news channel you're watching, you're being fed propaganda so that you will re, re, uh, uh, re-engage with them in the way they want you to engage with them. Amen. Be careful. So many people, I was talking to my mom a while back, and I love you, mom. I know she's watching right now, uh, and, and, and I, I hate to bust your bubble, but she was, she'll call and say stuff like, hey, hey, did you see that article on Facebook? I'm like, there's a ton of articles on Facebook. You know that one about so-and-so? And I'm like, no, I didn't see that. Well, in that article, it says X, Y, and Z. And she'll say a bunch of those. And mom, that's, that's fake news. That ain't, that ain't real. And she said, no, it's on Facebook. And I said, again, it's on Facebook. What's well, on the internet, it has to be true. Not everything on the internet's true. Not everything that Fox News says is true. Sorry for all the Republicans. CNN ain't telling the truth all the time. I don't really care. ABC, NBC, pick your favorite channel. Listen, I like ESPN. They don't tell the truth half the time. Go Celtics. 
For us, we have to have better discernment in our daily lives because there is an enemy out there who is trying to lie and deceive you into believing something you're not. Because if he can convince you of something you're not, you'll never discover who you are. If he can keep you bound in lies, you'll never discover the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Paul refers to this as distinguishing between spirits. The, the King James says it's discerning of spirits. And he talks about it as a spiritual gift that God gives to people in order, listen to this, in order to recognize lying spirits and to identify deceptive and erroneous doctrines. If you, if you do a little bit of um, homework, which you should, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we find that there's nine gifts of the Spirit that God has given to you and I as the body of Christ. And one of them is this, it's discernment. It's the differentiation of knowing what's true and what's a lie. What's real, what's fake, what's natural, and what has been man-made. And the truth is, we have to have better discernment in this season. So, so how do we do this? How do we tell truth from the lies? I'll give you three little points, and you can pin these down and go back and look at them later. Number one, you can ask the Lord for discernment. He says it right here. In fact, Paul says it later. You, you can desire these spiritual gifts, and you can request them to work in your life. There's been times in my life where I've asked for the, for the gift of faith, the, the special faith, for special healings. You could go down for the gifts of tongues and interpretation. There's gifts that belong to us, but we need to ask for them. And here's the thing, the Lord will give them to you. In 1 Kings 3, when Solomon had a dream, the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, what do you want? You can have anything you desire. Solomon pleased God, the Bible says, and he asked for the spirit of discernment. Solomon's words in 1 Kings 3, 9 were this, so give your servant a discerning heart to govern your people and to distinguish between right and wrong. This is the most, the wealthiest man that's ever lived. And the Lord says, you can ask whatever you want. What he asked for? Give me wisdom. Give me discernment. Help me to know what's right. Help me to know what's wrong. Help me to know what's true. Help me to know what's evil. Help me to know what's good, what's bad. And let me say this. If he can ask that and the Lord says that he was pleased, you and I have the same opportunity. Lord, give me discernment today. Lord, give my kids discernment today where they're on that campus. Lord, give me discernment on my job today and my decisions in my relationship. Businessmen need to be asking for discernment when making business deals. Is this the deal or just another deal? Yes. Psalms 119, 119.25, David said, I am your servant. Give me discernment that I may understand your statutes. I've been doing a lot of homework and I don't have time to preach it today, but you should do your homework on what artificial intelligence is doing to the next generation and artificial intelligence at some point will replace a lot of our jobs. But they also will outsource a lot of our thinking. I was doing some homework the last couple of weeks in preparation. Artificial intelligence has come to such a place that, that you can ask AI anything and they will tell you what they want you to believe. It's so crazy because I downloaded an app just to play with it. And I said, hey, write me a message, AI, on Jesus being the truth. And guess what? 
my computer screen started lighting up, and it wrote this crazy sermon on who Jesus was and who he is the truth. But guess what? All that information was collected from other information on the internet. I don't know about you, but that scares the fire out of me. That there could be preachers that don't even go to the Lord and ask him for wisdom and direction on what they should share, but yet they start downloading messages that some other knucklehead created. And they're passing it off as truth to you as Christians. What does artificial intelligence do? It, it lets us outsource our thinking. And I'm going to tell you this, you were never given that option to outsource your thinking. You were given the mind of Christ. And anytime we outsource our thinking, we're pushing past the mind of Christ in the wisdom of God that resides on the inside of us, and we're just rolling the dice. Hopefully it's true. Artificial intelligence we say it's the way of the future. It's the demise of the future. For the life of a believer, we are to trust in the one true God, the truth above every other intelligence form that may live or may exist. Number two, I stopped there. Number two, you've got to study the truth for yourself. Number one, you've got you to ask the Lord for discernment. But how do you ask the Lord for discernment? You ask Him when you're reading, Lord, Lord, light these pages up for me. When I receive the Word today, I ask you for truth to be imparted to me. When we handle the Word, guess what? We learn more about the Word of God. We learn more about the truth keeper. We learn more about Jesus, the truth maker. I was thinking about uh, the, uh, of the, um, the $100 bills, and I later found out that it's pretty easy for people that have been trained in detecting fake currency. For them, it's so easy because they don't train with the fake currency. They train with the real currency. I thought, oh, they're going to show them a bunch of fake dollar bills so they'll know what it looks like. They said, no, 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 we don't do that at all. I was talking to a gentleman. He said, no, we actually, excuse me, we train with the real deal. And we become obsessed with the real deal. That way when the fake shows up, it's easy to spot. We handle it. We smell it. We feel it. We study it. We're with it all the time. And we're around real money. That way when fake money shows up, it stands out like a sore thumb. Here's the thing with the Word of God. The more you handle the truth, the more that it'll show you what's not true. The more you're in the Word, the more that you speak the Word, the more you pray the Word, the more that you write the Word out, the more that you hear the Word, guess what? You become a greater discerner of truth because you're handling the truth. And when you get up in the morning and you do your confessions with your kids before they go to school and you confess the Word over them, guess what? You're releasing the truth with your mouth and you're putting truth in their ears by faith. And when you come to church on a Sunday, you're putting the truth in your ears. And when you take notes and you go home this week and you read the notes, you're reading truth that's going in your ear gate, your eye gate, your soul. It's going in your body. It's going in your spirit. And what is he doing? It's making the truth bigger on the inside. So that when the lies show up on the outside, it's so easy to say, that's a lie. Oh, that's deception. That's deceitful. That's not true. That's not real. That's fake. That's artificial. That's demonic. That's witchcraft. The more that you handle the word of truth, guess what? The more it's easier and the quicker you'll recognize a lie, a cheat. It's important that we handle the truth. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, 
a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. How do, we heck, how do we correctly handle the word of truth? We call truth what it is and we call lies what they are. This isn't in my notes. I took this point out, but I'm going to give it to you. I didn't give it to first service. But there's something else that we need to be way more comfortable about doing. Once we've handled the truth and once we know the truth and it's in us and it's for us and we've partnered with the truth, it's our job to call a spade a spade. We have too many Christians say, well, I don't want to have a voice to that. I'm not going to talk about that because those people are doing their thing. No, no, no. When you know the truth, it's your job to say, that's a lie. That's not real. Put your foot down. Take a stance. Plant your position. We got too many Christians dancing around issues. They're, they're, they're scared. Well, I'm going to get persecuted or canceled. Who cares? What are you worried about? God's approval or man's approval? I'm not worried about getting canceled. You don't need to be fear of someone canceling you. Speak the truth in love. That's what they're going to do to hear the gospel. But here's the thing. If we never speak the truth, how do they hear the truth? If the truth sets us free and we find ourselves free indeed, what are we doing to those people that we don't share the truth with who have been deceived, bought into the lies, indoctrinated with witchcraft and demonic activity? For us as the church of Jesus Christ, we stand up for what's right, what's truthful, what's wholesome. How would I know what's true? Get in the Word and see what the Bible says. Number three is my last point. Number one, you've got to ask for discernment. Then you've got to handle the truth. The third one is you've got to spend more time with the power of the Holy Spirit. You have to spend time with the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13 says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, I love this. Who is he? He's the Holy Spirit. He calls him the Spirit of truth. And when he comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it's from me, and that he will receive what he will make known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That is why I said the Spirit will receive from me what he will make known to you. I was in the shower this morning, and I was just getting ready, and this happens every once in a while. I just heard the Lord say, tell him to stop going to the witch doctor's. I, I heard this in my spirit. Stop going and getting your palm read. For some of you, you go to the tarot card reader and you pay them money because you want to know the future. And you want to be told about the past. And right here, he says, you don't have to do that. You have the spirit of truth in you and he will guide you into all truth that is to come. I'm going to save somebody some money and some heartache right now. You've been deceived. Palm readers, you're going to, to, to go and find out about what's coming so you can prepare yourself because you're scared. And I'm going to tell you this, that seed of fear came from the enemy. It was a lie. So many young people right now want to live out their truth. It ain't your truth. It's his truth. He is the truth. So many people decide, deceived by media. I just want to caution you. Be careful allowing somebody else to tap into a spirit realm to give you direction for your life. Because I'm going to tell you that they're not tapping into the heavenly realm. 
I don't know who you are. And I don't judge you. I know you got pain and you got hurt. And that's why you're going and spending money and trying to get this. But I want to tell you this. Today, that junk needs to end. Invite Jesus into your heart. And then he says, when you receive him, the spirit of truth comes and he abides in you. And he will ordain your steps. He'll tell you where to go. He'll tell you what to do. He'll give you foresight of situations. You almost feel like, man, I, I feel like I've seen the future. He'll show you the future. He'll show you his plan. And I'll tell you this, it's good and it's truthful. When was the last time you invited the Holy Spirit into your life to speak to you? And my second question is, what is he saying? I'll tell you one final story. Have you ever had a question about someone or something that just didn't seem right in here? You ever met somebody who's just like, man, I met them and they seem nice, but when I left, something in here just ain't right. You ever had that? And it wasn't like bad chili. It was more than chili. It was, it was like, oh, something off. Or you've been in a situation and been presented with an idea and it seems like too good to be true. Maybe it's a business deal or maybe a relationship or some door of opportunity someone wants to, to bless you with and it's all about you and, then, and it, it seems great on paper and in words, but when you lay down at night, it's like, ugh. What is that? That's the Holy Spirit cautioning you. It's a little red flag. When we go to the beach, we love the beach. There's always these flags out telling you about the wind. You know, there's a flag on the inside of you, and when things are off, it'll start to blow in there. It'll be like the little windstorm. I was talking to a pastor a few years ago, and we were talking about this situation about when do you act on what you feel like the Spirit's telling you versus having natural knowledge of something. Because we're all torn. You can have that inward witness and it just doesn't feel right, but to make an action on it seems like presumption. And he said there was a woman, this was, this was years ago, he said there was a woman in his church that was stirring up strife. And different elders had come and would say, hey, hey, there's this woman and she's, she's talking bad about you and against the staff and what you're preaching and the doctor and she's stirring up strife and, and, and we need you to kick her out of the church. He said, I'm not, I'm not going to kick her out of the church. I, I, I haven't heard that. I, I can't approach her. And a few months later, another couple that he believed in has been a part of that church that, that were there, that were anchored, that he trusted. They came and said, Pastor, you know this woman, she's causing strife. She's causing this disturbance. You got to talk to her. You got to kick her out. You got to get her out of here. And he said, I can't, I can't kick her out. I don't even prove she's doing that. It's just your word against hers. And this went on for a few months where multiple families came and said, this woman's causing strife. She's causing division. It's causing problems. You need to handle it. And he said, I don't have any proof. And he said that, that a few months later, that woman asked to meet with him. And they met in his office with some other people there. And dem, like demonic activity started happening in that office. She started saying things and coming at him and coming to the church verbally. She was saying things that, that humans just wouldn't say. She didn't have that capacity. In that moment, man, demons were manifested. He prayed over her and spoke over that. And then they did. They asked her to leave. They, they escorted her off the property and said, hey, you're, you're not welcome. You're not going to cause strife. And he said they walked that woman to the parking lot on the way back in. The Holy Spirit said, you didn't need proof to ask her to leave. He said, well, I just couldn't ask her to leave. He said, the Holy Spirit told him, all you needed was that inward witness. And I've been giving you that for six months. But Lord, I needed proof before I could do it. He said, the proof was inside of you. I was telling you all along with that still small voice, that still small voice, that flag waving, that's all you needed. I'm going to tell you this right now. 
Some of you have some things in your life right now where it just doesn't seem right and you're waiting for proof to cut that relationship off, to move away from that business deal, to stop doing that thing, to move away from those people. And I'm going to tell you, if you're waiting for proof of what it may do to your life, it's going to end in destruction. The Spirit of God is trying to prompt you even this morning. Pay attention on the inside. You have the guide on the inside. And whenever you hire a guide, he has a voice to tell you which direction you can go. You don't need proof. All you need is a witness on the inside. And I'm going to tell you this. The sooner you follow the witness, the sooner you move forward in God's plan. And guess what? The more you follow it and the more you listen to it and the more you obey it, I'll tell you this, that voice gets louder and louder and it gets easier and easier to hear and you find yourself walking in the truth all the time. As your pastor, I want to just say this to you. There's no reason for you to be deceived. There's no reason for you to be misled, lied to, or cheated. Because the sons of God, the Bible says, we have the Spirit of God inside of us. For many as are led by the Spirit of God, the Word says, they are the sons and daughters. So if you consider yourself or a daughter or a son of Jesus, the Holy Spirit's there to guide you. He is the revealer of truth. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me. If you're here today and you say, man, that's me, I want... I want I don't want to embarrass anybody. You say, man, I've, I've been looking for some outside sources. I'm the, I'm the one that's been doing the tarot card reading. I'm the one that's been getting my palm read. I'm the one that's been doing all that stuff. Just raise your hand. I won't judge you. I just want to pray for you. I'm not going to call you out. I just want to pray for you. That you would hear God's voice loud and clear in your life. If you're here today, you say, man, I, I need free from that. I, I have been. I've been going and doing that. I've been spending my time. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want to pray for you. Would you just put your hand up? I see you, buddy. Yeah. I see you. Anybody else say, man, I've been, I've, been, I've been seeking in the wrong places. I got you. Yes, ma'am. You can put it back down. Anybody else seeking answers? I see you. Yep, yep, yep. You say, Pastor, you're talking about me. I'm that guy. I'm that woman. I've, I've been searching. I can put your hands back down. Anybody else? So many people raising their hands right now. Be not deceived any longer. Father, I pray for these. For the enemies lied to. Lord, I ask you to reveal yourself to them today. Call out to them this week, Holy Spirit. I break any curse that's been spoken over your life. In the authority of the name of Jesus that we've been given... I break every curse, every spell that's been placed over you and your family. No more. You have no more place in their life. Angels, we give you charge over them to keep them in their ways. If you're here today and you say, man, I need that Jesus, I need that truth, I have been seeking I keep coming up short. I will tell you this. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. And he wants to give you a life that you've only dreamed of. If you're here today and you say, man, I need Jesus in my life. I need the, I need the real truth. I need that truth, absolute truth. Just raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Yes, sir, I see you. I got you. Yep. I got you in the back. Yep. I see you. Yes. 
all across the room, tons of people raising their hands today. You're going to get truth today. You're going to get those answers today. You're going to get the direction you need today. You're going to get the freedom that comes with the truth. Anybody else say, Pastor, pray for me. I need truth in my life. I need Jesus. Maybe you're watching online and that's you. I see you in the back. Yes, ma'am. If you're online, just let them know in the chat box right there. We've got a team online. They'd love to pray with you. Anybody else want to join these? I see you right over here. Yes, sir. All across this room, look at me. Look at me. Everybody look up at me now. We're family church. We're a judgment-free zone. I don't care where you've been. I don't care what you've done. Today's a brand new day for you. And for those about to pray this prayer for the very first time, you're going to meet truth right now in this moment. Jesus, and this week I'm going to pray for you that he meets with you and shows you and leads you and guides you. So let's do this. Let's pray this out of our heart. If you, if you raised your hand or you should have raised your hand, maybe you're online, join us. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. I believe he is your son. I believe he died for my sins. And today... I repent and I receive forgiveness. Today, I declare Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior, as my truth, as absolute truth. I ask you, Jesus, lead me and guide me this week. Show me the way. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all.